Hello and uh, welcome to another episode of uh, Coal Region Discontent. Remember, you can always find us on uh, YouTube, on Facebook, and actually on Rumble.com and here at anchor.fm slash coal region dash discontent. Uh, this is another segment of our of our channel. And tonight we'd like to introduce a, a guest co-host by the name of Brian. And we're hoping that Brian becomes a permanent member here on the podcast. So maybe we can do this as a, a daily, a couple of times a week thing uh, where we speak on some controversial, non-controversial topics and give our opinions. He adds a different kind of commentary and a different kind of viewpoint, considering he's more of a, a moderate left-leaning person. But uh, without further ado, I will give you uh, Brian to explain exactly what type of viewpoints he has. And uh, if you're there, Brian, go ahead. Thanks, Mike. You know, thanks for having me. I was not gonna lie, I was a little nervous, you know, jumping on a podcast with you. I, I've never done this before. I've never really been much of a fan of, you know, public speaking growing up. Um, but I, I feel that the times we're living in right now, you know, it's, you can't be on the sidelines on, on some of these issues that are going on in our country right now and in the world right now. And, you know, they, it needs, things need to be discussed and, you know, things need to be discussed in a, in a open, uh, an open forum, basically where, people are letting people actually voice their opinions and not just shutting them down and screaming at them non just nonsense instead of just listening to 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 reason and facts and people getting together and and actually really trying to move something forward you know i i grew up here in uh, northwest pa uh, mckean county um about our our east erie Uh, i i grew up in the traditionally a conservative area um you know we the type of industries that thrive are a lot of blue collar um construction work oil field work factory work um you know it, it's very in in a way you kind of say stereotypical you know rural usa like rural pa you know we we love our hunting up here we love our fishing our, our, our outdoors and and everything like that and and i grew up in in my family where we were a moderate left-leaning family, you know, my parents were Democrats and raised, you know, raised me as a Democrat, you know, with very, very, you know, left-leaning, you know, ideals and attitudes towards, you know, main areas in, in the the, the political spectrum in, in the country, you know, as you would generally see them, you know, we, we were very anti-war, you know, anti-racism. Uh, which <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, you know, we, we were, you know, not, I wouldn't say as for the welfare state as it's now known, but we were for, you know, a, a lot of programs to help people. You know, I, I generally thought the Democrats and left were were about helping people, were about, op- you know, open hearts and, and that's what I, I firmly believe growing up. And, and I got to tell you, Mike, the last couple of years, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I really don't know. You know, these, these Democrats, these, these liberals right now are, are acting in a way that is so, so completely backwards to the way that I grew up, the way that a lot of people who would consider themselves Democrats and, and liberals grew up and are acting in ways and, you know, trying to pass laws and are actually passing laws that, that you would never ever think that a Democrat would do, you know, what, you know, someone who sees yourself as a Democrat, it, it's hard to, to see that and, and align yourself with that and, and justify that and, and co-sign that, you know, with, with just, all the absurdities, you know, with cancel culture and identity politics and, you know, the, the blame game and everything racist and, and just not arguing with strong facts and, and logic on a lot of things, just, just nonsense and, and mob rules is, you know, what's commonly heard, you know, on 
you know, a lot of news sites and, and everything, you know, mob rule, you know, if, if you're not with the mob, they're going to kick you out, you know, and, and, you know, get with the program or you're out, you know, that's why a lot of these uh, big time, you know, left leaning politics their whole life are, are getting thrown out now, you know, because a lot of, you know, as I grew up, a lot of the traditional left Democrats that you would, you'd think of are, are now no longer considered left. Like the left is so far left that that people you would normally associate as left left wing left leaning are, are are considered on the right now to to the modern liberal Democratic Party, and well, I, I mean, can't consciously just let you know th- this you know go on. You know, a lot of people you know say the, the old saying goes, you know, vote blue, no <laughs> vote blue, no, no matter who, you know, and. I, I get that to an extent, you know, but it, it, it the, the line in the sand is drawn. Like I, I can no longer just vote for, you know, quote unquote, the lesser of two evils, as a lot of people say, you know, I, for the first time in my life, you know, since I was of, of age and able to vote, you know, I voted for the democratic uh, representative in, in every election, you know, win, win or lose, you know, that was my choice and who I thought would be the better candidate. And this year, I got to tell you, Mike, I deregistered myself as, as a Democrat. And I, I, right now, I'm currently registered as, a, as an independent. <clears throat> um, but I, I, I couldn't consciously vote for, you know, the, the candidates and the, the agenda that they're trying to push. And oh, here, it seems like as though uh, many people are having buyer's remorse when it's coming to our... <laughs> I mean, like I said, if you believe the election is the most popular president in the United States history, it's uh, Joseph R. Biden. And a lot of people didn't even know what they were voting for. They didn't know what they were voting for because there was no campaign. The only campaign that he ran was, well, I'm not him, considering speaking of Trump. That's the only campaign he ran. He couldn't get three or four people together for any of his rallies. Meanwhile, Donald Trump has 35 or 40,000 on a daily basis, sometimes two or three times a day. So the people that whatever happened in the election happened and it is now our sitting president. I don't respect the man. I respect the office because if you, if, if you hope for the failure of a president, you're hoping for the failure of our country, even though it's, it's heading that way. So the thing is here, a lot of people like the, the left the democratic party, because why? Because they pay celebrities and celebrities endorse them. The same reason why say backpacks are made uh, are the same exact material, but you slap a Nike sign on it, and it's cool because Cardi B said so. I mean, they actually had an interview with Cardi B and Joseph R. Biden, and she sounded like a little kid with a Christmas, uh, you know, a Christmas list. She, okay, uh, okay. I want lower taxes, and I want free health insurance. I want all this and this, like all this, this big, this wish list that would never happen. It could never be viable to happen. Just like, like our, on our subject today, our subject of being. You know, look at the the eviction moratorium. The eviction moratorium was extended to October 3rd. The eviction moratorium had already been in effect at that time for 14 months when they extended it. They extended it even longer. And that the eviction moratorium, meaning that people did not have to pay rent, people could not be evicted for not paying rent for lack of payment. Now, the landowners, the property owners, the people that bought these have loans against them. Their taxes never stopped. Their interest rates never stopped. Personal property taxes never stopped, all because it benefits the government. The thing is, what about these people that got all this extra? They got unemployment. They got unemployment that was unchecked. You didn't have to do job searches. You didn't have to check in. You didn't have to do anything, and you still got it. Pretty much everybody was approved for it. And then they got an extra $600 a week. Not every two weeks, a week, extra $600 for almost a year. And then it went down to $300 a week, which is still more than most people were making when they were working and still making more than most people who are currently working. I mean, is, is, that, is it right for, for the, the landowners? I mean, private property in the United States is part of the Constitution. It's pretty much what separates us from a lot of the third world countries. All these people start to pay in these things, and they, if they owe on them and they can't pay them because of a lack of rent payments – and not be able to, to evict people and accept new, you know, new tenants in, then they end up having to sell to these big corporations like uh, like BlackRock, which is out out buying out 
properties for ten, twenty, and fifty thousand dollars above asking price, so that nobody else can get it. I mean, is that right to the private property owners? I mean, it seems like they pretty much incentivize people to rent. They incentivize a whole bunch of other things that I'll get into later. But it seems like you know, if you own property, they're pretty much against you because you own something that they don't. Now, is it right that these people are in these properties? Is it right that these people can't get evicted, even though they had all this extra money? And instead of living like they were unemployed, they were living like they were on vacation, living way above their means. And now they're used to it. Uh, I, I don't know, Mike, this, this is just one of those tragic things that you just look at and, and you just shake your head and, and ask why, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous to, to extend this for for what reason i i i i struggle to understand you know what reason they they could try to give for this being a a necessity you know really you know if if private property is kind of you know like you said you know being slowly you know taken in or wanted to be taken by the government because you're right you know they don't own it. They don't control it. What do they want to do? Own it and control it. You know, I, I get that. I get that completely. And, you know, the whole of the eviction moratorium, I, I can under, completely understand um, maybe passing that and, and having the beginning of it for a couple months. You know, as soon as this pandemic hit, you know, it, it was kind of a little bit of chaos, you know, for a moment, you know, for a lot of people, you know, people didn't you know we're seeing states all the way across the country starting to close down wondering if their state was going to close down you know seeing whole companies shut down and wondering what was going on with their company you know it, it you know anything you know with their kids schooling with with a lot of different things and it was a, a crazy and weird and scary time in america and you know they they passed the unemployment bill and which I thought, like like the eviction moratorium, is definitely a good thing at first. And, you know, especially at the beginning of all this craziness. You know, when people that are getting unemployed, you know, maybe these people never have gotten unemployed. You know, maybe these people have no clue how to file unemployment. You know, they don't know what to do. They they're used to living on a certain amount and budgeting on a certain amount. And you know, unemployment. You only make a percentage of what you would make during your actual paycheck. So, you know, they might be freaking out, like wondering, you know, what am I going to do to, to make up this money that I'm not going to be getting now? Or, you know, it, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on for a lot of people. I'm sure, you know, I, I can't, I can't speak for everyone's position. Um, you know, some people there's, you know, they didn't get shut down. They, some people, you know, especially the healthcare field had to keep working and the, you know, a lot of people, you know, that didn't, that unfortunately, you know, got laid off from their jobs, which, which, or lost their jobs, which is tragic, you know, were able to get these unemployment benefits and not only get unemployment benefits, but the additional, like you said, $600 a week. And I don't know about, I, you know, I can't speak for a lot of other people, but I know, you know, in my particular position, you know, my, the company I worked for got shut down for a period of time during quarantine and during that time, I applied for unemployment and was on unemployment. And I'll tell you right now, you know, the money I made from unemployment plus the extra $600, you know, was actually more than I would make on a normal paycheck. And which is just baffling to see, you know, I, I don't know who thought of this $600 number, but it, you know, it is just, it's number they threw out and, you know, Having a high well, having a high water, they're they're going with this number, you know, for whatever reason, and you know, I, you know, a lot of people, like you said, you know, probably live like kings, you know, live like they were going on vacation, you know, they were they were getting more money than they would make during their job to sit home and do nothing. I mean, like sounds great, right? Yeah. Well, well, here's exactly what my my opinion is. My opinion is, let's start with. Uh, Back in the 60s with Lyndon, Lyndon Baines Johnson, uh, LBJ, you know, he started the, the Great, uh, uh, Great Society Act, which is uh, 
where it came about, if you ever look around, you got that, those HUD housing, low-income housing, they all look the same. That's when this, the welfare state started. That's when they started uh, incentivizing not having fathers in homes. That's when they started doing, that's their idea of a perfect America. And this was just another way for them, like to have everybody more reliant on the government than they really need. Because if we don't rely on them, then we don't need them, which is why I'm, I'm for limited government. Now, you said at the beginning of this, now I can understand the beginning of this, mm-hmm. because at the beginning of this, it was a lot of chaos, a lot of chaos going on. Now, they already had unemployment website systems set up from the crash in you know, 2008, eight nine and stuff like that, which was we had the worst recovery from. And it just so happens that you know Biden was in charge of that, too. But they already had them set up. So they had this unemployment system set up that you had to search for jobs and all that. Well, they cut all that out. And I understood that a lot of people got laid off and it took a while because there was a very, very, very big back backlog for unemployment, but they ended up hiring more people and more and more people and got it situated out. Now, I don't think that with the, uh, the moratorium, even at the beginning, and it shouldn't have lasted as long as it did, but even at the beginning, I don't think people should have got like a free ride from it. Like, I don't think they should have been, all their their rent payments should have just been null and void. They shouldn't have had to not pay it. It should have been backlogged, especially because usually if you're backlogged on unemployment, you receive a lump sum, just like you do with Social Security if, after filing for it. After a while, it comes as a big lump sum, and then you continuously get your payments. Now, I could understand like not throwing somebody out in the first you know, f- six months of the 15 days to slow the spread, but but I can't understand how it went any farther than that. And I can't understand how the extra benefits went far than that. Now I get it. They didn't want, they wanted people because it was a government shutdown. They wanted people to live like they were still working. Well, the thing is in turn, they just gave it to everybody. People that were making the maximum amount of unemployment plus that $600 a week. So I was an extra 1200 every two weeks on top of their unemployment benefits. And they were just spending it. And then we got stimulus checks. We got stimulus packages not even two months after the, the, the Wuhan virus hit our shores. So all this money, all this extra money people were having, they were making upwards of 52 to 60,000 bring home, you know, because most people didn't pay their taxes on, but bring home. They were paying that, they were getting that paid to them and they still weren't paying their landlords and they were just taking complete advantage of it. Meanwhile, all these people still had to pay all this stuff that was owed like, like I said, if you own property, they don't want you to own property. They don't want individuals to own rental properties. They want corporations because individuals don't donate to campaigns. <laughs> corporations do because my idea of the government, Democratic and most of the, especially the old Republicans in there, the old weak ones, very, very weak Republicans, the old ones, all they're worried about is, did I do enough while I was a politician to make sure I have a steady job after I'm not a politician, because most politicians become millionaires after they're politicians, not from their salaries, but from when they become lobbyists and work for other companies and security things, all, you know, things like that, because they have political friends and they can pull strings, which is why they call it the swamp because they get stuck into it. But, but yeah, they, they definitely didn't need to extend it. They didn't need to extend the moratorium the couple of times they did. And they definitely didn't need to extend it. Again, and especially those unemployment benefits are ending, especially here in Pennsylvania, September 4th, no more $300 every two weeks, nothing, or every week. It's just <laughs> people got to start looking for jobs. They can't, they're going to have the, the job checklist back and everything. But from all this money, employers could, businesses, small businesses, thousands of them shut down their doors forever because of this. And the ones that are open, they're trying to struggle to compete with unemployment. They're not competing with other companies. <laughs> They're competing with unemployment. They're competing with the government. And when they compete with the government, they have to have sign-on bonuses. They got to raise wages, which is forced inflation, which we are all seeing at the gas pumps and buying milk and everything right now. Now, for this forced inflation, why are people getting sign-on bonuses so they won't accept unemployment? What about retention bonuses? What about people that did stick around, kept working, who didn't want to live off welfare because i i believe i believe there should be social safety nets especially if you pay into them social security but what i don't believe in is people who never worked a day in their life and get social security disability for stupid things like uh, a traumatic childhood 
or things like that. Like, and then people that have like nerve damage in their hands can't move, will get denied disability and things like that. But, or look at single mothers, single mothers that already have HUD housing, already have free housing, already have food stamps, already have cash assistance, already have their, all their bills paid for by the government as long as there's not another income or an income in there. Because if you live in Section 8 housing and you be, get an income, all of a sudden you're paying seven, $800 a month in rent instead of the person that doesn't work that only pays $20 a month in rent. But then these same people that have these kids that don't work but get all this assistance, somehow they end up with an income tax check upwards of ten dollars and $12,000 every year, but yet they didn't pay into income tax. But they still got the credit for it. That's why I don't understand about our social safety nets. They were made for people on hard times. They weren't made to raise 10 generations of your family on. But, but yet they shouldn't have extended. Why should they extend it? What about the property owners? Why, why couldn't they get a moratorium? Why couldn't those stimulus checks be going to the people that were renting out to other people that weren't paying? Instead of, well, you can't evict them for not paying. Here's the 20 we were going to give them extra towards the rent. Government could have done that instead of giving people ways to get used to living above their means and then get used to all this free money and not want to go back to work. You still there? Yes, of course, Mike. You know, I was just uh, a lot of val- valid points you were making there, and you know, I couldn't agree more on a lot of a lot of things you said. You know, I I I see this. It seems like this this necessity to always point out, you know, the, the quote unquote, you know, at least what, what's referred to in Northern Northwest Pennsylvania, you know, welfare bums, you know, (laughs) you know, and, and, you know, each town has their own version of that. And, and I get it, you know, it, of course, people who don't work are, are, that are sponging off the system that there's no excuse for that. And and there's, no reason why you know people that are working or busting busting their ass and are paying their taxes and and struggling you know they're supporting that you know that's one of the one of the big tragedies of this this country that you know i i feel i i'm not exactly you know i'm not i'm not a genius you know so i i don't have all the answers so i'm not even gonna to speculate but it just seems like there, there has to be a much, much better way to, to rein in the system and, and provide, you know, to people that need them, you know, whether it's, like you said, the, the HUD housing or in this case, like a, the <clears throat> eviction moratorium for, like you said, the, the first six months or something. But what, once that extra money comes in, like I, I'm really, you know, barring you know, some crazy you know, tragedy or something. I'm really not seeing a reason why these people, you know, couldn't pay their, their rent. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, I, I, I see these uh, abuses and I, I want to point out that I, I think one of the, the worst things that, you know, I, I seen here is a lot of you know, just generalization and, and stereotypes. And, you know, it's, I, I think it's important to point out that, not every person on welfare, not every person receiving benefits, or not every person that that needs this eviction tour or that gets the eviction tourium is abusing the system. You know, they, there are people that you know really you know need this assistance, and I, I feel that you know no matter how hard nosed you may be, you know, if if you yourself or you know your family members or your loved ones we're in positions that some of these people are in, you know, I, I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, you, these people wouldn't take the benefits or, you know, or, or be, be okay with their sister or their mother, you know, having these benefits for whatever reason, you know, and, and I think that gets lost in, in a lot of this, but th- there's definitely a, a, a huge, just a, abuse of the system and this eviction moratorium, just extension like at, at this point michael i i, I gotta say that the, the money that's the the money that's just getting thrown at 
into making more problems is is really really hard to see you know it's it, there's a lot of people that it, like like you said you know these landowners that that are these people are now going to be going through hardships and struggles and their families might be going through hardships and struggles because of this because no one's paying their rent even though they damn well know that they can but they're just oh the government says i don't have to i don't have to you know when i say i have to i I will you know and unfortunately you know if that's the attitude you know i i say you know as soon as they, they can they they (laughs) <laughs> they legally get them out of there and you know find yourself a better tenant. Well, the reason is because we're we're in an entitled generation right now. We're we're in the trophy generation. You know, we didn't get trophies for winning because it hurt people's feelings because everybody should get a participation trophy or a ribbon. So they're entitled. They feel like they're entitled to the government. I mean, I don't know first off when it became like a, a thing to first off to be reliant on the government. Like get entitled like the government's supposed to take care of me and this and that and I, I, I just don't understand where any of that came from just like i don't understand where you know being a victim became a cool thing now like you can't be a victor because then you're you have toxic masculinity or you're doing something else or you're oppressing somebody else but as soon as something bad happens to you all of a sudden you're you're you know you're the cool guy and everybody pays attention to you and you got all kinds of friends like it was in the past when you were a hero or a good sports player now as for saying, you know, some people fall in hard times, that, but that's what the safety net's for. The safety net was built for that. The problem is that's like a, that's a marginalized argument with it when there's so many people that it's not that they can't work. It's not like they're not able to. It's just they don't want to. Because I've had people, I've seen people like, uh, well, I'm not going to work for minimum wage. But like, well, then you're not going to work for anything because minimum wage is better than no wage. But I understand people do need the social safety net. I feel like there should be a limit on it. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. What? I said absolutely, Mike. You know, I, I, I believe that that's, you know, one of the things that really need really needs to crack down and happen. It's not going to be something that happens overnight, but a, a lot of these, you know, programs and, and systems need to really, you know, rein it in and, and really tighten the noose and. And and strict the egregious like just unproportional like just disparage like just the ridiculous amount of extensions and and money and and time that they quote unquote say people need or whatever for for these programs because it's it's ridiculous you know if. It, obviously it might take a person, you know, longer to find a job. It's, you know, it, it all depends on everyone's situation. You know, what, what type of previous experience you've had, um, you know, what, what, if you have, you know, issues, you know, pr- possibly a criminal background or, or other issues that might prevent you from, you know, having certain employment and, or you, um, don't have reliable transportation. You know, there, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, 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 bar people who want to work from working, you know, and, and that's horrible to see too, but it's, you know, the the people that, that can work, you know, if, if they can be on the system where they don't have to work for a year and they can find a job in six months that pays, might pay a little make, I mean, a lot of people factor it out and they're like, I can make a little bit more going to work or I could just sit an extra six months at home collecting this money it might be a little bit less but you know i'm doing nothing it's absolutely right it's it's incentivizing unemployment it's incentivizing uh being completely reliant on the government just like uh, single mothers are incentivized to not have a father in the home like i said ever since the great society act happened i mean especially among the black community you know before the 1960s the amount of children that were born outside of wedlock without a mother and a father in a home was only 20 some percent. Actually it was lower than that of, uh, of uh, the white population. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the sixties, you see a sharp, you, you see an exact flip. Now it's 74% of black children are born without mother and father in the home. And of course, you know, you go on places like the most, the most horrible 
opinionated show that acts like facts. Let's call it the, uh, the view. Okay. You go on there and they have all kinds of arguments. Like, I don't think they're taking into account of, you know, people not being married and having boyfriends and stuff like, no, because we're in a baby mama generation. Cause it's cool to be like that because rap culture did that because music culture did that. Because like I said, they like, if you have a second, if a mother is getting assistance and she's used to that, first off, if you're on assistance for more than a year or two years, if you've been on assistance for 10 years, you're literally just abusing the system. There's, there's nothing else you're doing. There's nothing, nothing at all. If you're an able body worker, there's nothing else you're doing, but you don't have a person living there or you do, and you don't get married and stay with the same person. Because if you have a second incoming, all of a sudden your benefits start getting cut and <sighs> you might have to get a job. So that, like I said, I can, I can agree with most of what you're, what, what you're saying. There's, there's people that do need it, obviously. And the, 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 the standing of a company of a, of a country is is judged by how well they take care of their weakest okay and we take care of our weakest i mean there's even even for homeless people veterans on the street and stuff like that the reason they're on the streets a lot of them even with mental health disorders and stuff they have places to go they just when they go to these places they tell you you have to stop drinking you have to stop using drugs you have to do all these things but what happens when you put drugs down is you have to start dealing with life we start dealing with life. You don't like what you see or you don't like what you remember and you want to go back to it. So we have all kinds of safety nets, but we, there was no reason. We have been at war, World War II, Vietnam, everything, people at time, and none of this stuff happened. All of a sudden we have like a virus. I saw a meme the other day and it showed, you know, when you work with gas or you work in a coal miner, it showed all the different masks that you wear, right? Like respirators and stuff. And then, uh, at the bottom, it said the most deadly virus in history, and it showed somebody with one of those N95 masks on, like a regular surgical mask. Like, like it doesn't make any sense. And they tell you to double mask and triple mask, and they tell you to do all kinds of things. And then they promised if people got the vaccine, if 70% of the country or more, everything would go back to normal. But they keep moving the goalposts because they got too much power from all this. So now they're just stretching it, and this government's going unchecked. Like I said, when the president can stand up there on the podium telling the entire country that, yes, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled seven to nine that this is illegal. And they said that we checked in with constitutional scholars and said that it does not pass muster as and it is not constitutional. And even though the CDC is not a branch of elected officials, they are not a government branch, they decided that it would be against public health to evict people and our president is standing behind it, even though it's illegal and not constitutional. The only reason our constitutional republic works is because people believe in the Constitution. You get a president that's against all those things and goes completely against the rulings of the highest court in the land. How much longer are we going to be until we're in anarchy? Oh, you know, Mike, it's, it's just tough to see in a lot of ways. It's you see these you know, just complete ab abusive slaps in the face, you know, to the Constitution, to to what we think America is supposed to stand for and should stand for and, and has st stood for, you know, it's America stands for a lot of things, you know, to a lot of different people. But, you know, a, a lot of a lot of people always, you know, talk, you know, talk down on, you know, the American government and or American people or this and that. And for whatever reason, and because of certain things that our country may have, may have done in the past that are wrong. And, and, you know, that's not something we're going to get into today, but you know, there's definitely things this country has done wrong. But the thing about America is no matter how many things we've done wrong, no matter how many, you know, errors in judgment or, or abuses we've done as a country, you know, that we there's no other country that that can stand up and, and say that they are better than us that they they have you know done more good than we have you know absolutely it, it, we're a beacon a beacon of freedom to the rest of the world and they take their cues from us absolutely so. you know it's it, you know america you know home of the free you know the, the freedom you know that that's what 
I, I gather, you know, most foreigners just you you typically say America, freedom. You know, it, it goes together like, you know, cheeseburgers and French fries. But mm. it's I want American, you know, I want the spaghetti meatballs. But uh, it, it's it's no, it seems like it's no longer, you know, it, it's chipping away of that being, you know, what is traditionally seen, you know, thought of as American, you know, American traditions and ideals and values, you know, working hard, you know, being, being fair, you know, that's one of the benchmarks of America, you know, of being fair to, to, to the little man, to the big man, it, it doesn't matter, you know, what, what not one man is supposed to be greater than the other man. You know, we were all born equal. That's what oh, everybody that, has equal opportunity in this country. Exactly. Everybody, everybody, you know, it's, you know, we, we've had this discussion privately, but you know, everyone in this country, you know, does have equal opportunity. You know, people, like you said, might feel that they're entitled to equal outcome, but that that's just absurd in, in so many ways, but it's completely true that, that everyone in America has equal opportunity, you know, and it's, it's sad to see just so many people trying to play the, the blame game on this and that, and this and that, and instead of just understanding that if you just put some hard work into it, you know, yes, you might need to put a hell of a lot more hard work into it than someone, you know, down the street or, or whatever, who grew up in a different manner than you or, or has different, you know, privileges than you, you know, that that's life, you know, but there is wealth privilege. There definitely is wealth privilege. If you were born into a wealthy family, you're still, I mean, somebody still had to work hard to get that wealth. Absolutely. And so it's that that's, you know, one of another American benchmark that that it seems to be going by the wayside. You know, hard work, dedication, putting your integrity. all into it, not integrity, give, and not giving up. You know, integrity. You're right. You know, it's it it's, seems like those no longer matter. You know, to a lot of people, it just for whatever reason, you know, like you said, you know, might feel entitled to to something and. That's a generational thing that, that really rocked our generation for for whatever reason. You know, a lot of people blame, you know, I, I personally never got any any participation trophies. The only ones I got were when my midget teams won, won some championships. But, you know, we can't deny that a lot of people did. And, and I mean, obviously, that's that did happen. A lot of people got participation trophies for sports. But that's obviously also a metaphor for just, you know, the, the, the entitlement and that just, you know, parents and, and teachers and just society, you know, pushed on them and, and they took that in, in stride. And, and now they're, it just seems like they're in denial of that ever even happening. And it just, it, it's sad. It's really sad. Well, I mean, I, I grew up in a, in an area and a place in time when, you know, everybody on the street could fix their own car. Anybody could fix their own toilet. They could fix their own walls. Now they're hiring it out because nobody has skills anymore. Like I said, they're, they're all worried about their feelings. How does it make you feel? How does your pain make you feel? How does this job make you feel? Well, maybe you should quit because it makes you feel good or feel bad. <clears throat> that, but my favorite saying, and it comes from Ben Shapiro, is, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. The fact is you have to work. The fact is there's always going to be haves and there's always going to be have-nots. Because the haves are the people that the have-nots are striving to be. That's how you. That's how capitalism works. That's how things work. You need to. You need to strive to be better. Everybody should strive to be better. America is the only place in the world, the greatest country in the world, that you can come from dirt and still become a millionaire. Like there's, there's so many just different programs, so many privileges that you have just being an American. I'm so tired of hearing about skin privilege or things like that because just being an american is privilege like our poorest black people are the richest black people in the world you know what i mean like if we're if, if our we have skin color and stuff like that why are nigerian immigrants 
that do the best out of any immigrants here. And they do it here in the United States, not in any other country. We have one fifth of the world's population and we still take in most of the immigrants. We take over a million. There's nobody trying to swim away to go to Cuba or, you know, Honduras or trying to go anywhere like, you know, like uh, Venezuela or, or anywhere like they're, everybody's trying to get here because they know they have opportunity here. There's no privilege. I mean, look at look at Asian Americans are some of the top earning Americans. And second to line to them is Indian Americans. I'm not talking like Native American Indians. I'm talking about from India Indians. Like, you know, the ones that are most of them in your local gas stations, things like that. But like they they are the richest people in the world. So I, we, we keep going through and like we have so much money and we have so much pro, so much our lives are so good we have to make things up we help other people make their country better that's how good it is to be in america look what we did in afghanistan for 20 years look what we did they had a regime in there women could not go to school women were not allowed to read they weren't even allowed to show their face we went in there we built schools we did all kinds of things and and of course people died and people were still dying but we trained them we well equipped them and, you know, now we get this administration in. Now, everybody wanted to be out of there. We were all in wars before, South, like Korean War. We were still, we still have people, we still have 22,000 troops in, in South Korea because of the Korean threat, the North Korean threat. We still have people in Europe that keep people like Russia and China in check. Now, we, we're keeping a base of 2,500 people in there that was protected from the elements, protected from the Taliban. And we were supplying and helping with their helicopters, everything in Afghanistan. Now, there was a, a way to get out. Maybe it should have been more planned other than just, hey, we're going to leave. And the way they left, the Taliban moved in and took over the entire country, major cities. They took over our air bases. They took over our embassy. China's embassy is still there. Russia's embassy is still there. They're sitting there chanting death to America. What do you think is going to happen now that they have over $900 million worth in our weaponry that was meant for the Afghan army that just gave up once we left? They have Humvees, they have Blackhawks, they have surface-to-air missiles, they have drones. There were people so scared they were hanging on the side of cargo jet. They found body parts inside of the cargo plane. They found bodies on the ground that fell because when they took off, people were holding on to the outside of the plane. That's a real thing. We don't have to live with that in this country, and we promised them that they wouldn't have to live with it either. And, and I mean, they pulled out Biden. Either way, if you're going to pull out completely... There was never going to be a good end to it. Never. They were sitting there waiting, but there could have been some. There could have been something in place. I mean, Trump had it in place that they were going to be out by May first, but he had contingencies. He talked to the head of the Taliban and warned them, and it was on recording. He warned them that we're going to pull out. You're going to work together in a co-op, a coalition of peace in this country, or we are going to find you. He put it like that. We are going to find you to the Taliban leader and your family, and we are going to kill you. This kept the Taliban at bay for the last almost year and a half. There was no attacks, no nothing. Now, I mean, there's a lot of other things that Biden did since he's been in office that I don't agree with, especially the pipeline deals and stuff, but this one takes the cake. This is China and Russia, and then they are, we are the laughing stock on the world stage right now. We are showing so much weakness. And it's just a, it's a matter of time. I mean, how how it's been a long time since China has threatened us with war and Biden or uh, Biden, uh, Putin told us to back off when it came to Ukraine. Like they're uh, they're punking us on the world stage is pretty much what's happening because they know that this administration is not going to do anything. Now, when they did bomb somebody, they bombed Syria within six weeks of being in office. They said, oh, it was America showing a force and we're not going to take stuff. When Trump bombed Syria after we were trying to pull out of there and they started using chemical weapons on their own people, all of a sudden it was a bad thing and he was, you know, castracized. Everything ostracized about it, it was it was a bad thing. But Biden does it and it was a show of strength because they must have been, you know, kindler, gentler bombs from Biden. Just like this was a kindler, gentler, just, you know, desertion of Afghanistan. Oh, well. Mike, you, uh, you you went on a lot right there, and you, you said a lot, and I, I took a lot of it in, and uh, I uh, 
I, I have a, I have a, a lot to add to that too. So I'll try and uh, go through my thought processes in my head and, and try and remember kind of the thought process you went on, so we, so I can stand up. But uh, yeah, there's definitely a, a lot there, and a, a lot, a lot you you said that couldn't be more right. And you know, the, there are some things that I I don't agree with or, or have a, a different viewpoint on. And you know, I think that's one of the main things that you know we're we're here to do. You know, discuss different viewpoints and similar viewpoints, and and have a civil, rational discussion. Where open dialogue. Open dialogue with with objective facts, not mm-hmm. not polarized like nonsense that just <laughs> people think helps for some reason or thinks validates whatever argument that they can't make. It just it just makes them. It just seems ridiculous to to a rational a human being seeing that. Just you just shake your head and, and just. I don't know. <laughs> Pray they get into a book or, or, or something, or, or someone can really educate them. I, I, but to uh, kind of go what you were saying first, and from what I can kind of remember, um, you know, we were you were talking about how how good it is to be an American, and people. It just seems like people don't people don't understand the world we live in. People completely. You know, especially here in America, you know, so a lot of people, you know, unfortunately are, are so caught up in their, their Instagrams and their whatevers and this and that. And, and they, you know, don't pay attention to the real world. And I, I get it. Some people are interested, but it just, you don't have to be interested to, to understand reality. It, it, whether you, you're interested or not, reality is reality, you know, and, hmm. Basically, the, the point I'm going you know, with this in, in, with America is in, in America, we have so many freedoms in, in so many ways for for just justice and, and truth and in pr- protecting yourself and in and, and, and just being righteous. Like we we live in a country where <clears throat> the, uh, I'll, if, if you'll entertain for a second, I'll just kind of go on a, just a, a little analogy here. <clears throat> We live in a country where you you can get arrested, right? You can be completely innocent, and you can get arrested for you know something. We'll just say you know having a couple kilos of cocaine or whatever, just as an analogy. You can get arrested for that, even though you're innocent. It can get planted in your vehicle by the most corrupt cop and the most corrupt judge and the most corrupt DA. For whatever reason, all behind the scenes colluding against you to, to get you thrown out, you know, and locked up and shut up for whatever reason, you know, and and that sucks. That's uh, that's you know, this should never happen to anyone, what, no matter what country I live in. But in this country, even if that happens, that person still has a right to a trial. That person may not win that trial, you know, especially if all those factors are, are working against them. But it's like, okay, you know, that sucks. But guess what? You know, you you can put an appeal. And th- there's a process for that where you can have a retrial or, or different things like that. And, you know, you might win. You know, you people might understand, you know, what, what really happened. Or it, they might not. And you might lose. And you might have to do that 25 years. And they effectively won and, and quote, unquote, silenced you, you know, and got what they wanted. Then you, you still, you know, if you got unjustly accused and convicted and now you're in, in prison for 25 years for something you didn't do, guess what? You can still sit in that prison cell and, and write, you know, you can write to, um, you know, other, other district attorneys, other lawyers. You can write to the press. You can write to the, anything, you know, you can, you can get your voice out. You know, you, you have that right you still have that right, even even though all that wrong happened to you, you still have that right to to fight for yourself. And and you know what? Maybe you might make a little noise and they might not like that. So what are they gonna do? They're gonna press influence on the prison, you know, the warden or whatever to, you know, get him in a hole, you know, to take away all his paper, you know, it just whatever, you know, just 
I'm talking something completely hypothetical here, just some cruel Shawshank Redemption type stuff. And, and, you know, guess what, you know, even if, even if you're in a hole, you know, they, they still have to feed you and, you know, there's going to be people there that still know your story, still believe in you. And, you know, maybe you might not be in a position where, where you can fight for yourself, but then you, you've gained enough to, to have people backing you, you know, it, it's, it, it's, you know, you may never, you may never win, but you, you have the right and opportunity to keep fighting every day. And putting that in perspective, there's other countries in the world where the same thing can happen and they, they can literally videotape themselves doing the crime and present it in court laughing at you while they convict you. And instead of just throwing you in jail, they just chop your head off right there. You know, it just, obviously that's just an exaggeration and an analogy too, but I think you, you know, you get what I'm getting at. It's the, the rights that we have in this country, the privileges that we have just, just for being an American are astronomical. You know, people, people lose sight of that and just where, where our country is in the world, where we are as a society compared to other, other people, other societies. And, you know, you meant you touch on Afghanistan and the, the, the Sri Lala there. And there, there are still places in the world where getting stoned to death doesn't mean you and your boys are just freaking rocking the bong and, and just faded that you get stoned to death means you get pelted with rocks actual physical rocks like baseballs to the head to every part of your body and, and you, people just watch and, and let you die like that in the middle of the street and no one does anything you know it's 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 hard to understand how we're in 2021 and there's places like that in the world still it's it's ridiculous and it's it's completely unfathomable but it's it happens and it's true and you know, to your point about where you're going with Afghanistan, um, I want to, you know, uh, be clear about this. And I, like I said, this isn't something that, you know, we're, we're, that we can, we're going to discuss at this moment. You know, it's not appropriate time, you know, that we, this maybe can be later down the road, but I, to, to, to speak on this, I need to explain my point of view, my perspective and my, my personal personal opinion i i personally believe that that the events of 9-11 um were at, at the very least known about and, and in some ways allowed or or even helped orchestrate by uh, by certain parts in our government i'm not saying the president i'm not saying the vice president i'm not i'm not saying any of that i i have no clue this is all speculation but I just I feel that at some some high authority in our own government was at least aware that that was going to happen and let it happen for an agenda. I I I in my uh, beliefs right now I wouldn't go as far as saying that it was by any means quote unquote planned by a government, but I just I feel and I, a lot of other people feel uh, very strongly that you know at, at the very least there there's more than what's being presented way more than what's being presented and like i said that's something we can touch on way later <clears throat> way down the road if you want to but i just need to express that to to talk on this because it's it's vital to anything i i think or say about the issue <clears throat> and with that being said you know the the taliban the al-qaeda all all these terrorist entities you know what <clears throat> what is their their goal you know what what do they want you know death to america why why do they want death to america you know what what what's what's so horrible about america you know with with their religious beliefs you know they for whatever reason um feel that america is what just a country of just filthy dirty rotten sinners and and just destroying the purity of the earth or some something like that i i'm kind of just going off my understanding of it because i i, I dare with our women learn and work <laughs> exactly i mean 
these these religious these people that practice this law like any any person in America any any especially any woman in America that would identify as a feminist you know I I support women's rights in in all aspects and in but it's it's completely absurd and and ridiculous to to just focus on certain small aspects that we deal with in America that are actually very, a very small, extremely small percentage, you know, uh, you know, transgender rights, you know, stuff like that. And, or, you know, equal pay and all that. Like, I, I believe in, in all that, you know, women should get equal paid, you know, I, like I said, trans, transgender rights. I, if, if you believe you're something else, like I, I have no, opposition or authority to tell you what you are you know i i when <clears throat> when you start getting to laws and policies and stuff like that you know that might be a different story but for for just discussion you know i i have no problem with that you know everyone is everyone to each their own you know but to, to sit here in america and, and focus on these issues that are important but but small and just completely turn a blind eye to like these atrocities in other countries that that women if they accidentally show a little bit too much leg like what's going to happen they're going to die you know th- mm-hmm. that's not just a, a metaphor like they 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 could die they probably will die you know it's and if they get killed the person that killed them is righteous for that they're not they're not wrong they're not they're not not evil and not horrible they're, they're righteous like the woman that showed too much ankle was, was evil and wrong like that we live in a world where you know it might be far away from here but that that happens and it's it's horrible and these these people <clears throat> and i want to uh, i'm going to check what i said here and the you know <laughs> today's today's world you know you always want to always want to be sure that you know you, you're holding yourself accountable in, in trying to you know, enunciate the best you can to mean what you actually mean and not, you know, say something that other people could uh, interpret as something else. And, you know, whether, you know, it's clear what you interpret it as, you know, obviously we see with this cancel culture that even if you can be crystal clear about what you interpret and mean something as it, they can just take it and flip it and just destroy your whole world. <laughs> but oh, anyway, absolutely. Absolutely, they've done it to Donald Trump's entire administration. Oh, abs- absolutely. I mean, they. I mean, Donald Trump is just the the tip of the iceberg. Like, I mean, it's uh, like I, said, I, I don't kind of want to get off topic, but it just seems like uh, America, you know, used to stand for, uh, you know, America was about redemption. You know, that was another uh, moral facet that we had. You know, everyone loved the redemption story. You know. It, it, who doesn't, you know, in, in so many aspects, but in America, you know, you, you have that downfall or, or whatever it is. And we, we push and, and clap and, and cheer on and motivate and, and, and joyce in that, in that, that rebirth, that return, you know, that there, there's, you know, there's nothing more joyous to see in, in someone's face when, when they do something that they didn't think was possible or that they got counted out of or, or that they got told they would never do or never do again or, or anything like that. But, but today's world, it's, you don't, it seems like in America now, you don't even get that opportunity. You don't even get that, get, get that. It's like you're expect if you do something wrong, you know, wrong is perspective too. If, if you do something that quote unquote mob rule, you know, feels is wrong, it doesn't matter if it was 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, whatever. It, it doesn't matter if you you meant it as a joke and, and anyone with rational sense can look at it and see you meant it as a joke. It, it don't matter. Like, it, you, you're, you're done. You're canceled. And, you know, what's that mean? Apparently it means you, you're just supposed to be cast off to some island to just rot. I, I don't know. It's, it's it, like I said, that's something a whole other issue that is just, you know, what that's one of the main reasons that me 
and I'm sure of a vast majority of other people who normally identify as left-leaning and, and liberal and Democrat, you know, might still feel strongly about a lot of those values and core beliefs, but can no longer support this party, this, this movement, this, this new, whatever you want to call it, if the direction they're taking it with, with that nonsense. Well, I mean, I'm waiting. What I'm waiting for is uh, this cancel culture thing to lead to what like they have in China. What they have in China is a social credit score. And if your social credit score is too low, you can't go out in society. You can't go eat at a restaurant. You can't go work. You can't provide for your family. I'm waiting for it to come for that. That's exactly where it's coming. Now, we touched on a lot of subjects here tonight, and uh, it is uh, getting to the hour, and we're going to save some more for the next episode, which I'm hoping that uh, Brian will be joining us for. Now, remember, you can always find us on uh Coal Region Discontent on Facebook, on YouTube, on anchor.fm slash coal region dash discontent. Also on rumble.com at coal region discontent with no spaces. And with that, uh, we had a good conversation here. And like I said, I'm hoping that we're going to keep uh, Brian as a, a permanent co-host here to keep the commentary and keep the viewpoints uh, different and open dialogue and open discussion is what makes uh, uh, America one of the, the greatest countries in the world. The, the fact that there's only two ways to roll people, and that's by force or by talking, convincing, and we took the latter. We decided to talk and convince people, but now it's all fear-mongering, identity politics, and, and what have you. So with that, I'll give Brian uh, his final thoughts on the topics today and uh, ask him to rejoin us for next time. I appreciate that, Mike. You know, I, I – I felt like we had a good conversation. You know, we, we definitely touched on a lot of things and, and, you know, maybe we didn't get as in depth in some of the things that we like, you know, some of these issues, you know, are, are so, are so enormous and the scope is so big and the, the value and importance and effect and the umbrella that they cover is, is so overreaching that, you know, you can't just have one discussion. You can't just, can't just involve two people, you know, that that's, a start that's a spark but you know to, for change to happen you know that there needs to be a lot more discussion a lot more open discussion you know i i i find pride and humility in being able to sit across the table from someone who who has you know a completely different viewpoint than i do uh, you know, and I'm the president on politics, on, you know, policy on what, what is right, what is wrong, you know, what is fair, you know, what's not fair, you know, just general opposition on a lot of things. And two people, you know, working together to, to talk and, and voice their opinion and, and respectfully listen to the other person's opinion, no, no matter how much you disagree with it or, or or anything, you know, you still, you show that respect that you're going to give them that you understand what, what they're saying and you might not agree with it, but they have a right to say it not only, but you respect the fact that they feel that way, you know, and not feel that way. Like the people nowadays say, but you know, it's, it's one of the, current, the foundations of America that you, you have this open dialogue and a discussion and you know what is you know a democracy you know you majority rules you know you if if one side you know wins and the the viewpoint they have is uh, far more you know reaching and and you know uh admirable to to the to the majority of the people and that's what they want to put in you know the the other side should respectfully understand that you know and and respect like you said you know you respect the office of the president you respect the office of the government you know you might not certainly may not respect the person but you respect the power that they have and and what they can do and what we as people can do and but what i think people don't understand is we we do have the power you know a lot of people don't vote because they think their, their vote won't count, you know, just whatever, you know, or, or a lot of times with the, the main two party system, it's, you know, left or right, you know, and that it's one or the other. And 
if you don't like one and you don't like the other, you know, what, what do you do? I'm just going to sit home. It don't matter. And that, that's, that's not the way to, to change things, you know, and a lot of people are starting to wake up, you know, whether, whether they're on, you know, the traditional left side or, you know, the traditional right side, you know, it seems, seems to me like, you know, especially people, you know, in our generation are, are tired of the way things have, have went in the past and are tired of the way things look like they're going now. You know, it, like you said, you know, you, a lot of frustration you and other people that are you know, cons- conservative leaning have is with um, the, the old guard is, as you say, the, the old boys club, the old Republicans that you, you, you feel are weak and, and just want to, you know, have, have some, money and security for when they're done, you know, and, and I get that. I completely understand that point of view. And, you know, a lot of young uh, conservative politicians, a lot of young conservative um, commentator, you know, like Ben Shapiro, you know, a a lot of things he says, I I actually really like a lot of things he says, I I completely disagree with, but I I completely respect him and what he's trying to do and, and him and, and other people like that, you know, and people on the left, it just, it seems like, you know, the, the younger generation for whatever reason is completely obsessed with just tanking everything and not having a clue how, how the world works and, and are, are going to get, they're going to get a rude awakening at, at some point, you know, and, and huh. other, other people that are left leaning and just sit there and, like, like, like myself can no longer just think that that's okay. You know, you know, Bill Maher, you know, he's uh, someone I, I, I look up to a lot. You know, he's someone I consider, you know, to, to have a lot of opinions that are similar to mine. You know, you, you look at things rationally, you think, look at things objectively and you decide, you know, what, what works best, what, what will probably work best. And, you know, you try to frame that in your, your worldview of, what you feel is right and wrong and you know you <clears throat> you you do your best and you you don't just just discredit anyone that doesn't agree with you i mean that's that's what they did and you know nazi germany of the soviet union you know oh you, you don't you don't like what we're you don't like the government gone you know that's do we want our country to be like that we don't of course well, hopefully we uh Hopefully we can have more discussion like this and where more people can come and find more common ground. Because uh, in the, the words of the, the great rapper, Mr. Tom McDonald, he says, we're all in the same boat. Why are you trying to make holes? They sink, we sink. This is madness. So, like I said, we'd like to thank Brian for uh, coming on with us here. And hopefully he'll decide to come back for more episodes in the future. And if we get more listeners, more shares, on all of our pages at Coal Region Discontent, uh, we will start to make this more of an everyday thing, and we will start a web page, and there will be merchandise coming soon to help support the channel and keep it running. All right, thank you, Brian, for coming on, and uh, we hope to see you again. Of course, Mike. Uh, thank you. you know, this was this was a, a lot of fun. It was a learning experience. I'm sure, everyone listening can tell I was I was a little nervous, you know, first time, but you know, hopefully, you know, I, I can come on again and. We can talk some more, talk some more sense than some people. And like you said, find some common ground to, to really help make this country better.